The story goes like this. It's a very good story. It starts with a king. That there was a king that had a minister. And he had a minister that he very much enjoyed close relationship with. He used to ask him things, advise him things. But the king had a very good relationship with this minister. Until one day this minister joined a group of rebels that were scheming against the king. Plotting against the king. The plot that they had was foiled. And the entire group of rebels was arrested and sentenced to death. However, there was a, as we know, the, the close relationship that this king had with this minister. He decided that for this minister, he doesn't want to kill him. He's going to change his sentence from death to life. Meaning, he's going to be life in prison. He's not going to die, but he'll never leave prison. He's going to stay forever in prison. A life of prison. Hopefully, he was thinking one day I'll be able to pardon him, get him out there, but at least he's not dead. The minister was taken and thrown into the dungeon where he suffered a terrible suffering. It wasn't easy. The uh, conditions weren't exactly exciting. Lack of food, bad clothing, hygiene. It, it It was terrible. Terrible. But there was one thing that he lived with. There was one thing that kept him going throughout a hard period of time of being down in the dungeon by himself was the thought that maybe one day the king will pardon me and the king will take me out. And that kept him going. That realization that maybe one day I'm going to be free. Maybe one day they're going to walk in here and they're going to just say, come out, the king wants you. That kept him going through all the dark days, the dark hours. One day... The officers came in, it looked like they were dressed from the king, fancy uniform, badges, and they walk in and they said, We were sent by the king. And he was so excited. Here's the day. This is what I've been waiting for. The years of waiting in this dungeon. That finally I'm able to go free. Here they are to tell me the good news. And they said to him, We want to tell you a message from the king. The king has sent you new clothing. The king has sent you a new mattress. He's come with cleaners to clean the floor. We're going to improve the hygiene. We're going to make sure that your life here is much easier than it was before. And the minister fell to the floor and started to cry. And they said, I don't understand. (laughs) This is wonderful news. No person, no person in prison like this is treated in this way. They're thrown here for years for life and they die here. You have an opportunity now. The king is giving you what a wonderful, good opportunity to improve your life, to make it more comfortable for you. And the minister answered, yes, you're right. I hear what you're saying and I thank you and I appreciate everything you're doing. But if I'm here, then I know that one day I'm going to be let out. Hopefully one day the king will pardon me. But if the king comes to give my life a bit more of a comfortable life, then it means I'm here for a very, very long time. And that's not exciting. When the Hungarian Empire granted civil rights to the Jews. There was widespread rejoicing in Kralyasol. Everybody was so excited. The Hungarian Empire have given us certain rights to live here. This is amazing. Many believed this was a turning point in Jewish history. Some people thought maybe Mashiach, who knows? It was an event that suddenly Kralyasol were allowed to live and practice their religion freely in peace and harmony without the threat of anti-Semitic people, hatred, persecution, many rabbonim 
express their gratitude in Rabbim publicly in the satisfaction over the turn of events. However, when the news reached Pressburg and the Talmudim, the Chassam Soifa, found their Rebbe, the Eilig Chassam Soifa, and they find that his ears, his, his eyes were full of tears, he was sad, he was upset, he was crying. And they said, Rebbe, this is wonderful. What's the problem? What an amazing thing that we're able to live here, to practice Yiddishkeit, to daven, to teach Torah. Bismillah, we're able to do so many things in public that we're not worried about what's going to happen to us. Why is it a cause of sadness? Achsam Soifa mentioned the story that we just mentioned before. And he said, we're here in this bitter gollus. It's hard, it's not easy, it's dark. We don't know the end. We don't know how long it's going to be. We hope it's going to end any minute. And we wait in anticipation of the Rabbani Shalaylam to bring the Gaula. And all of a sudden the time comes where the Rabbani Shalom makes our life in Golis more comfortable. Then there's a problem. Because then what happens is is that it means the Rabbani Shalom says get comfortable. You're going to be here for a lot longer. And that's something we have to understand. The beginning of Shiva Asabatamas, which is the beginning of the three weeks which marks the beginning of our, of our destruction of the Beis HaMikdash something that unfortunately we don't feel so much throughout the year even though when you open up a Shulchan Aruch we know the halachas of Churban Beis HaMikdash apply the entire year a person is meant to be doig that he doesn't have a Beis HaMikdash which is a very interesting thing what does that mean? Shulchan Aruch says a person is meant to be walk around anguished, upset, worried I don't know I don't know the last person I walked around and you know, looked a bit worried and hey what are you worried about? Oh, what do you mean? We, we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. People are worried about many things. But I'm not sure, and maybe I speak for myself, that the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash is one of them. So maybe the whole year we find it difficult, it's hard for us to really sort of plug in the emotions of Chorban Bayis. But the Maisa, at this time of year, Shabbat the three weeks, and obviously getting closer, the nine days, the era of Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av itself, we have to start feeling it. We have to start realizing what we're missing, what we don't have, all the Tsaurus and Klalison. And there, unfortunately, there is so much, there's so much Tsaurus. Just look around, people that you do know, people you don't know, people you've heard of, people you haven't heard of. There's just so much Tsaurus going on. And it's all going on because we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. If we think for a moment about all the people that lost their husbands, lost their wives, lost their parents, lost their children, their brothers, their sisters, the Tsaurus of the world, whether it's Shalom Bayez problems, Parnassah problems, children going off the Derek problems, all sorts of issues there are around the world. Many of these issues exist because we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. And it's this time of year that we should hopefully try to sort of focus, highlight Try to really work on the fact that we don't have a Beis HaMikdash and we should be sad about it. And of course the halachas that we have to keep of the various halachas of mourning try to sort of springboard us, get us started into understanding a little bit of the emotions of why we don't have a Beis HaMikdash and what happens. The Rebbe of Naftali Rabshitz once said the following thing. Sir Nicholas was once riding along, he was alongside one of the, uh, one of the wolves when the enemy took aim at him. And there was a Russian soldier right next to him. And he took the Tsar and he pushed him out of the way of this bullet that was coming in his direction and he saved the Tsar's life. Can you imagine such a thing? And the Tsar came to the soldier and he said to him, tell me, is there anything I can do for you? Anything. Ask anything you want. You saved my life. I owe you my life. What can I do for you? 
So, the soldier turns to him and he says, listen, my sergeant, my sergeant, my person in charge of me, the person on top of me, he's such a brutal man. He's, he's, he's always beating me and he's, 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 he's making my life a misery. Do me a favor. Could you switch me to a different unit so I can have a different sergeant? A different person in charge of me. He's just not nice. I want to tr- transfer to another, another unit. So Nicholas responded, you fool! You had an opportunity to ask for anything. You could have asked for the world. I would have given it to you. You saved my life. That's what you asked for. One small thing. You're a fool. Said Rabbi Naftali Ravopshitz, maybe we're the same thing. We daven the whole year for all the things that we need. The small things. We need parnosa. We need shalom We need health. We need children. We need, there's so many. And we need all of those things. And it's true. We should be asking for those things. But it comes now the time of year when perhaps take a step back and think about, yes, we need all those small minor details. But there's a bigger picture. There's a Klali Yisrael. And Klali Yisrael all need something. We need the Gola. We need the Beis Amikdash. We need the Shekhinah. We need to be able to, to reside with the Shekhinah. To bring korbanos, to have the to have the whole world recognize the rabbi Nishan. We have the opportunity to daven, and that's all we're asking for. Again, I'm not putting it down. We need to ask for those things, but to think for a moment, especially over the next few weeks, that the davening perhaps should be maybe directed a little bit more to what Kali Yisrael needs, the Gula, the Beis Hamikdash. That's what we need, and that's a very important thing. And I think again, this time of year is the opportunity that we have, even though it applies the entire year. And we have to keep it the whole year. But perhaps it's difficult for us. Our lives are very difficult. Busy lives. We're running. We're doing. There's so much going on. Who has time to think about every detail? Which we do need to. But specifically this time of the year is the year that we should try perhaps to focus a little bit more on Chorban Beis Amigdash and what we're missing and what we can ask the Rabbanish to have.